BeastNet podcast, sponsored in part by James Safety Services, OCR Buddy, and supported by the fitness community. Here we discuss all things fitness-related, running, rucking, mental health and preparedness, and of course, obstacle course racing. Welcome to the BeastNet. Everybody out there in BeastNet land, Brother Boggs here on a beautiful day, talking with Matt and Melissa, going to talk about my snowy Valentine. It uh, was supposed to be my muddy Valentine, but there wasn't an ounce of mud on that course, other than the little bit that that Matt found and actually crawled in. And I think he was the only person to do half the obstacles because everything had about two inches of ice on it. But uh, hey, for those who don't know, you guys, why don't you guys introduce yourselves and tell them a little bit about you. Okay. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm Melissa Jensen. I, I don't really know what to say. I always feel like I'm on the spot and then I just lose everything about myself. Like who even am I? But <laughs> you, you run for a reason, right? I do run for a reason. This year I've decided that I am, I'm racing for recovery. So I'm trying to do as many OCRs as I can in the year. Well, 72 races that I'm trying to do this year. Only 72. Only 72. Yeah. One down. <laughs> 71 <laughs> more to go. <laughs> and and you're, you're a personal trainer, fitness yes, trainer. Yes, I am a personal trainer. I've been doing that for a little while. I've been into fitness for a few years now. That actually, so I used to use, you know, drugs and alcohol back in the day. And um, I've been clean now for about five and a half years. Fitness has been a made like the, a major part of my story. And so now I just want to help others. Awesome. Matt. All right. Well, my name is Matt. Uh, I'm a low voltage technician. So access control is what I do. I've also been clean from drugs. We actually uh, got off drugs together. So yeah, we used to, you know, be down in the dumps. We just kind of, you know, living life by, you know, drugs terms instead of our own terms. And so we finally got that behind us and now it's great. We just want people to know that there is a, you know, there is, there's life after drugs, you know? And so I I thought about this correlation, you know, what I was thinking about the other day. So we had never really gone and seen the world and gone places and done things. And that was because we didn't have drugs once we got there. So I mean, quitting (laughs) drugs, it just opens up all kinds of avenues of where you can travel and you can do things and you're not chained down. And I, I just, I just know the feeling of being chained down and not being able to do and see and go where you want. And we want to let people know that there's another way and uh, yeah, help them to achieve their goals. So what got you into obstacle course racing? My wife. <laughs> <laughs> so by, by default, you became an obstacle course runner. <laughs> yeah. I make him do these things with me. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. I love it. I absolutely love it. So, and uh, I forgot how long have you been doing this, Melissa? Um, what the races or? Yeah. Yeah. Races. Well, I'm fairly new to the races. Um, only a couple years now. Two years. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, this is, I've actually never even done a Spartan race before. And this year I have so many. 60, 60 to go? <laughs> I have so many. So just just a couple, a couple trifectas, yeah, yeah. you know. I've been I've been working on my burpee time though, so I think I think I'm good to go. <laughs> Does your business need first aid, AED, OSHA, flagging, or other safety training? James Safety Services is your one-stop shop. Find them on Facebook today at James Safety Services WA and ask for a quote on hosting your training needs. So last weekend, we all kind of got together and shared an adventure. Why don't you guys kind of fill me in on on how everything started from pretty much when you got at McCarran Airport and, and everything that proceeded until we finally made it to the course. So it actually started before McCarran Airport because we had a nice flight one way from Las Vegas to Portland. It was supposed to leave at 745 at night. And at like six in the morning, I got a text message saying that my flight was canceled. So I immediately called the airport 
And I'm like, okay, I need to get into Portland tonight. I have a race first thing in the morning. What can we do? And she's like, okay, they have a flight at 2.45. We can put you on. So I'm like, okay, let's do that. She puts me on that flight. And then before she even finishes, like, I guess, like checking us in or whatever, that flight got canceled. So I'm like, well, crap, let me call you back. So I end up finding a flight from Las Vegas to Seattle. And we luckily got that uh, got onto that flight get into Seattle and it's just kind of you know lightly snowing once we get into Seattle and we rent a car and it's really funny because <laughs> as we're renting the car the lady was like are you sure you don't want to get a four-wheel drive vehicle we're like no 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 it's okay we don't need to spend the extra seventy dollars hmm. <laughs> well we soon learned we should have spent the extra seventy dollars <laughs> Cause we had to drive from Seattle to Portland, um, which is normally what, like two and a half hours or something. Yeah, two and a half, three hours is kind yeah. of the average. It took us five. It took yeah. us five hours to get there. We were driving 25, 30 miles an hour tops. Like I'm up against the, the uh, steering wheel, like a crazy person. Just, it was <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> so then we finally get there and um <sighs> The next morning, we wake up bright and early, try to leave the parking lot, and we get stuck. So my wonderful husband had to dig us out. And then we get to the like the intersection that's not even a, a tenth of a mile away, and we realize that there's no way we're going to make it. Do you like the BeastNet? Do you want to keep hearing it? Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more, at BeastNetPod. So there was this guardian angel <laughs> who saved the day. <laughs> and that's when you came in. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, here at BeastNet, we want to make sure our friends get where they're supposed to be. <laughs> the story on driving in, you guys, do you have a lot of experience driving in snow down there? It, <laughs> it sounds like a real big snow paradise, right? I don't think we've driven in snow. I've never driven in the snow. <laughs> Ever. So you- you land in Seattle and you get a crash course on on how to drive in the snow. Mm-hmm. Up here, we're lucky we we get snow usually once a year, maybe once every two years, and it's usually like it was last weekend, one hit and go. You know, I was there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's all rain. Portland had an ice storm on top of that. You know, I'll post a couple of the pictures in here and show people, but the the obstacles when Matt and I were playing around, because that, that was mostly what it was, was playing around. Yeah. I've... Covered in two inches of ice. So we put, you know, you guys, you guys had to drive in two inches of ice when you tried to leave in the morning on Saturday to get to the place too. And, you know, I left at 3, 3 in the morning from my house in Graham, which is about an hour south of, of Seattle. So it should have been no more than two and a half hours on a, on a good day. And I think I picked you guys up, what, 7.30, 8 o'clock, so a four or four-hour drive. So it was a little bit longer than usual, a little surprising. So Saturday morning, I finally get down there and pick you guys up. You're standing on the side of the road. And when I got off the freeway, I noticed that there was semi-trucks and delivery trucks and all sorts of trucks pointing every which way. So we'll pick you up, and we go back out to the freeway. And I'm like, well, we can't use any of the on-ramps that it tells us to, so let's let's try this other way. And we go down and turn around in the airport, which is all ice and snow. And, and I think you guys were turning a little pale with me having to drive through some of that stuff. <laughs> but, but we finally got on the freeway. We, we had to cut across the gore point and, and avoid all the, uh, all the postal... Postal semi-trucks were the ones that really took up the on-ramp going from the airport to, to 205 there. Unfortunately, it seems that all of the airmail decided to all come in together and get stuck. And get stuck together. Yeah. And, and even at the end of the day, after the race, when we were all done, what were they doing? They were still blocking that on-ramp with postal trucks. And at least they had tow trucks on site at that point. And they were trying to do something with it, but. Yeah, even when I dropped you guys off and I headed back north, that same uh, Wonder Bread or whatever it was that was broke down, blocking the on-ramp to go north, was still there, and I had to go the other way around that. 
Saturday morning, I picked you guys up and we got up on the freeway and we're like, all right, it's perfect. We're going to go get our, our race done. We're going to go kick some butt and take some names and sight. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're ready. We're talking, we're chatting up, we're listening to the Aquabats, you know, Yes. <laughs> but a good music, getting you in the mood for a race. And, uh, and yeah, we take the first, the first exit that our friend Siri tells us to take and takes us past quite a few down trees until we can't go anymore. And we're like, all right, well, you know, we're only a mile away from the course. Let's just go around, you know, I show all these other roads to go around. So we turn and go up a real nice steep hill and we're trying to go around. And Melissa's like, ooh, let me get some pictures of all of these wonderful trees that are covered in two inches of ice on every branch. And <laughs> Never seen that in my life. <laughs> Now, that, that was the kind of ice storm it was, too. It was freezing rain, so as the rain was hitting everything, it was just accumulating ice on it. So, as you guys noticed, you know, the, the ice was just amazing tubules on top of these little tiny sticks. Mm-hmm. There was trees down everywhere. So, option number two. We get going that way. We go up that steep hill, start to find other, other racers that are all lost in the same area. And we get to a spot where there's a tree, and Matt and I are like, you know what? That's not that bad. We're going to move that tree. (laughs) (laughs) So we hop out, and Matt's like, all right, I'm Macho Matt. And it was funny because it's it's him and I like jumping in this tree, trying to break off branches because we are so close to the race. Point, I think it's uh, about 8.30. That's Melissa's uh, official elite start time. She needs to be there. And we're on our second option to get to the race. And we're like, all right, we're going to make it. There's no way we're not going to make it now. We're so close. And then we finally break up the tree enough. And then I can see further down the road. And I'm like, crap, that is a much bigger tree down there. <laughs> and at that point, the other, the other racers are starting to get out of their car because they're going to come down and help us break down trees, I think. But, <laughs> tree that was further down the hill i was just like it's just too much tree so i get out the phone and look up everything i'm like well look there's two other ways to get there let's go try those ways now so we got a convoy going of three different people that are racing i thought we were gonna pick up a fourth but i guess they chose to they must have walked in or something because i think i saw that truck there so eventually they got there but uh so we decided to go around this is option three now looking at the farm lee farms on a map there are only four ways to physically get there. We've already exhausted two of them, and we're going to go around and try the other two. And just as we're starting to get down there to the farm, there's big old hill, downhill, big hill, uphill. You know, throw a little gully there, and and you know, at least they'd sanded that. Otherwise, that would have been a real fun bobsledding event. We would have had the uh, Las Vegas bobsledding team. Yes. <laughs> but so we go down there, and we get through the next one, and... And I'll be damned if there's not another tree in the road. And and it stuck just far enough out to where I had to slow down and really think about if we wanted to go around it. But you know what? At that point of the day, there was no way we're not getting there. If I had to put my truck in the ditch and walk, I think we we're going to do that. So we finally got there. That tree was our last obstacle. And we finally got up there to the farm. We finally parked. I don't know about you guys. As soon as I shut that truck off and stood up, I was already a winner. I don't know. How did you guys feel when we finally got there? Relieved. I mean, it was amazing. I feel like, I mean, that was a, that was a journey in itself. Just trying, just trying to get to the race. Yeah. The the race, I think I made the joke and I I made a meme for it. Um, You know, it was like the, the trek, the quest to Mordor to get rid of the ring. Yes, it was. <laughs> Funny, because that's the, the ring that I'm wearing right now is a one ring. Yes. But, uh, but it was a quest like that. I mean, we were hours and hours into it. Me starting at three in the morning, you guys flying into the wrong airport and driving five hours. And then, I mean, I don't even know how you got out of the parking lot, honestly, because when I pulled up out there, you had about two feet of snow piled up in front of all the cars. So that must have been from Matt out there just. Yeah, there was a lot of shoveling going on in that, at that point. Yeah, about 45 minutes worth. You yeah. Know? You just yeah. put it all in front of the other cars. That way it made it really look impressive. Well, yeah, just. The, just <laughs> you know. 
That's how you got to do it. <laughs> the cars were in the way. <laughs> they were still sleeping. I had a race to run. <laughs> so this is our first race. We finally got there. We're in the parking lot. It's the first race of 2021. And, you know, we're having to remember masks. We're joking and, and just ready to have fun changing at the truck because you're not allowed to to hang out or change on site. And, you know, I, I joked because I was wearing my, my galoshes and I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to do this race in these because it was just nasty snow and ice, thick, nasty snow and ice. But uh, you know what? That was probably the best snow and ice that I felt under my feet in 2021 because yeah. the first race well, for me, since September, I don't know about you guys. If Did you guys get out and do any races last year, or was it a complete shot? Only virtuals, yeah. So we had a, up here, just running off subject for a second, we had a little uh, little nonprofit up in Snohomish, Washington, called Adventure Soccer. Mm-hmm. They do education through soccer in Africa. So they've got a schoolhouse they built over there, and they built some soccer fields, and it's it's a real great program, and they do a race called uh, the Mud and Muck or Africa race. And it was the only race that I think happened in Western Washington for the whole season. Mm-hmm. Just before, we're like, hey, do you guys want to come on the show and, and promote it? And it wasn't until I got there and I met Matt, the race director, but he said, man, I'd love to come on the show, but we were afraid to promote it because your guys is, or your guys is our governor up here was finding anybody and everybody they could, shutting them down and hitting them with $10,000 a day fines for operating. And he's like, you know, I just, I don't even want to bring any attention to it. You know, the obstacle course racers that know about it, they can come, they can have some fun. We're going to have a good, clean event. But that was at the height of the forest fires. I don't know if you guys saw the the pictures on the BeastNet page there. Mm-hmm. Wow, there's a video, you know, of me running and jumping over the hay bales and into the, the pond. And you can't even see hundred yards past me because of the smoke, but it was the same thing. It was the only race and we had to be there and we had to run it. Honestly, I don't even think we got a medal. There might've been a medal. I know I got a shirt. That's the important thing to me, right? Yes. Yep, speaking of shirts, yes. <laughs> you guys lost yours, but whatever. <laughs> you gotta find it. I'm making a quilt at the end of the year. <laughs> Definitely got to do that. Yeah. But so, so I had one race last year. Um, that was it. And you guys had none. So the quest to get to my muddy Valentine, which talking afterwards, they might rename it to my icy or my snowy Valentine because two out of the last three years, it's either been snowing or icy. So they've got a pretty good chance of, of continuing that trend, but we had to be there. We had to run it. There was no way not to do it. Mm-hmm. And you guys had traveled, I don't know, what is it? Uh, eight, 900 miles. Yeah. Thousand miles, hours and hours of travel, flying and then driving down. And we finally got there, and and they got signs up everywhere talking about you know your COVID precautions and hand sanitizer everywhere. And and here we are, finally about to go on course. Me, I rucked it because I'm a weird guy. <laughs> Needed something to hold the flag, really. Um, and Melissa, you you ran it. She ran, ran it. Mm-hmm. And Matt and I, we just. We jogged and we goofed around. I mean, there's many of the obstacles, and I'll post some pictures here in the feed showing um, what happened. But the obstacles were just so covered in, in ice and snow. A lot of them, Matt was one of the only people to do it because him and I sat there breaking the ice so we could actually get out the obstacles. Um, with you running through it at a good rate of speed, you know, you didn't didn't get to see that um, part of it. Well, Matt and I were just breaking stuff up. And later in the day, there were still people going out when we left. So maybe the, maybe they carried the sandbags. Maybe they flipped the tires. I hope so. Uh, I, it really it, it turned into more of a trail race than an OCR. I mean, we did have some obstacles. Uh, Melissa, I'm sure you're going to tell us a story about the obstacles that you were avoiding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to finally be on an obstacle course. To finally be back out with our families. You know, we're born into a family and then we choose our family and, and our race family is, is very sacred. And to get out there and to be able to, to see people and, you know, 
in some cases, people hugged and, and got close together for the first time with people this year that were outside their family. And it just was a great experience to do that. You know, I want to thank Molly and Aaron, um, Terrapin Events. They could have called it. They could have woke up or Thursday night, Friday night, you guys are in the air. They could have been like, hey, it's too much. We can't have this race. But they didn't. And, and they confirmed it Friday night, sending out another email. We will not cancel. No uncertain terms. We will cancel. Now, granted, I'm sitting there texting Aaron, hey, the roads are all closed. How do we get there since the race isn't canceled? But, <laughs> but there's just no way they were going to cancel. You know, the, the fact that we canceled every single race, every get together, every family event, every meeting, gathering, heck, we canceled going to church. It's illegal in Washington to go to church indoors. And, and it's been that way. I think now we can do it at like 100 people inside the entire um, building. But all of last year, it was illegal. You can't gather. They did everything they could to physically distance and socially punish us for a disease. And, and finally, this race was our, our chance to get out there and do it. And Terrapin was 100%. There's no way they're not doing it. So, I, again, thank you, Aaron, Molly, all the staff of Terrapin and Lee Farms for hosting it. We needed that. <laughs> and aside from, you know, even how, how great it was with your travels and everything, there was, I don't, I don't know what the final count was, but every single one of those people that were out there, everybody I talked to, they all needed it. They had to have it. You know, that was something that was missing in all of their lives, all of our lives. And, and it was great to get out there and do it. Let's talk about the course. Let's talk about Melissa, how it was for you running, because you ran it. You, you, you know what? You guys are too slow. I'm out of here. And you just, <laughs> ching, gone. I wanted to place and, and I did. So, <laughs> I mean, I did attempt as many obstacles as I, as I could. There were, you know, like you said, a few that, that it was just a no-go. Like the sandbags were frozen together. There's, <laughs> Um, like ice four inches or six inches thick on the seesaw. And I'm like, okay, that's death. But what was worse is the falling trees of death. Those were the obstacles <laughs> that I was trying to do avoid. It's like every, I don't know, six feet, I had more branches falling and they were big branches. So that was kind of scary, but it made it an adventure for sure. I enjoyed it. I one didn't of the mud, no mud whatsoever. But one of the side effects of those ice storms like that is that after the trees are frozen with all that ice on the outside and weighted down, the slightest wind they just shatter. Mm-hmm. Happening while we were on course, um, I'm sure you looked at it and you went, "How the heck am I supposed to crawl underneath the uh, the rope wire?" And it was covered in trees. <laughs> and and what are you going to do? I mean. You, Kind of had to just run over the trees, which trees themselves, the trees, the the sticker bushes, you know, there was a lot of obstacles, natural obstacles and falling obstacles and uh, icy crossing the water obstacles. But uh, I actually posted a video. Matt dropped down and figured out how to crawl underneath the little bit that wasn't completely covered in trees. And like I said, him and I, we, we messed around. We had a lot of fun. We were just out there taking pictures of people, having fun, running in between a little bit here and there. But, uh, you know, you, you're a competitive racer. I don't, I'm not at all a competitive racer, Matt. You you just, you just want to have fun, right? That's it. And, and so for you being a competitive racer, you had to figure out how to traverse these things quickly and fast and how not to break your ankle on the fields of grass with, tubules of ice coming up and the fact that you're running on ice that was six inches above the ground. Um, I took some pictures of that and I'll post them right here. And you could see just how crazy it was in places. I mean, there's a couple times when I almost fell because stepping on that stuff, if it broke underneath you and you were moving at a good fit at good pace, your foot slid under yeah. lift up and break your foot back out. It was a very interesting ordeal. And Myself, I brought two pair of shoes and boots, and I had my VJ Shoes 05, which is their ice shoes, their studded ice shoes. And that's why there's a few obstacles where it was exposed wood, and I told, told Matt, I'm like, well, I can't go on there. I got 
I got spikes on. I don't want to ruin their stuff. <laughs> but man, those spikes, they really helped for me being stable, you know, carrying the extra weight in the flag. And every time we went under a tree, I was catching the flag on it and trying to trip myself. The views. Uh, did you take any time to stop and, and look around when you were running or was it just straight run? So whenever I run, that's, I, especially when I'm outside, like that's why I'm running to see the beauty. I'm obsessed with beauty and trees, especially, you know, I don't, I don't get to see a lot of snow. And so I was, I was in amazement the entire time. So, which was kind of detrimental to me a little bit because I would be looking off and, you know, roll my ankle a few times, but, but yeah, I, I definitely was paying attention to all of, all of the beauty. The farm there, Lee Farms, is kind of in the, the outskirts of Tualatin. And people's there, they put you in great positions for some great views. Mm-hmm. If we're lucky, maybe next time, next month on March 13th, when Melissa comes back up here, and this time we might actually have some mud instead of ice and snow, a mud run. But, you know, I'll, I'll take whatever it is. If I was just telling Matt before the show, it shows 52 and raining in Tualatin that day. <laughs> yes. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was also telling him your sister's house down in Salem is a little too far to drive. Uh, <laughs> so so hopefully you can get a car that can, can make the drive. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to pop um, all-wheel drive this time. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Maybe baby. you'll be able to actually fly into to Portland, too. Yeah. yeah. That would help. <laughs> a whole lot closer. Mm-hmm. Running through, um, Melissa, you said you got to do some of the obstacles. Which ones did you, do you remember any of them really well, or did they kind of blur out? Um, the hurdles I did, there was some kind of like rope-like jungle gym kind of situation. Um, the field of tires, I did, I don't remember. Oh, the the yoga ball up the hill, the wall climb with the rope, the bridge. I don't They had a lot of unique obstacles. Yeah. But one of the things that, and one of the reasons I've been promoting Race Local on the show is because... Spartan, you'll learn this when you're 60 races. The obstacles are pretty much all the same. You're going to go to all the events, and they have a total of about 35 obstacles that they cycle through, and every sprint is almost the same race. The only thing that changes is the, the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Up to a place like, like Lee Farms, you've got obstacles that are just built by, by random people. Um, Matt and I, when we were at the, the rope jungle, um, Lorenzo, the guy that designed the rope jungle, was kind of telling us that he didn't really intend to people to actually crawl over it, just to crawl through it and to use it like a spiderweb uh, device. And we were talking with him about that. And, and I found that all these local races, you get those, those unique and in some cases very innovative obstacles. Some of the ones, there was uh, one of the ones that went up in Snohomish earlier last year, they had a, a corn maze. But it had, you're down on your knees doing your bear crawl, and they've got like stacks of uh, of hay and all this stuff, and you're going in between all this, and there's dead ends, and you've got all these people that are in it trying to do it, and it's got the the camo netting over it, so you can't stand up and figure out where you are. <laughs> Just unique, innovative, different things that you don't see other places. And fortunately, in order to be compact, mobile, and, and able to but on the same event, places like Spartan, Tough Mudder, they, they do have the same obstacles. So I love it when we get out to a race local event and, and just look at the different things that they, they make up and different things they do. It would have been real nice. I'm sure you did the slide. You had to do the slide. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Had to do the slide. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, slide? Yes, I did. <laughs> now, had it not been two inches of ice on top of it, it would have been soap and water and you get a lot more speed. And, and I've seen pictures and videos from previous years, people really having a lot of fun on that thing. And, and that's something that, you know, unfortunately, the bigger, bigger traveling events, they can't do that because it's hard to, to build a semi-permanent obstacle like that. And that's what it is at the, the ones that I go to, they're semi-permanent obstacles. Um, so where did you place, Melissa? I didn't uh, look at results. I, I kind of went, you know what, I finished, I'm happy, I got my medal, I'm good. 
I got first in my age group and third overall. That's awesome. Yeah. And given the fact that that course was pretty jacked up with the ice and the fact that you could really roll some ankles like you're pointing out and, and pretty good risk to yourself, that's pretty darn good. I was pleased. <laughs> how, did, how did you do, Matt? Did she look for you? Yeah, she told me. I, I don't remember. It wasn't. <laughs> you, you and I, yeah. you and I place the same, and it wasn't. Uh, we weren't. We weren't breaking any records. I'll say that. But uh, we we averaged out to about a twenty minute mile, according to my my watch. Which you know, that's a pretty slow mile, um, but it was a safe mile running in that nasty nasty stuff that we were in. Um, what was your take on the course, Matt? Um, I thought it was really good. Um, you know, we started off with the walls there. Uh, the walls were extremely difficult because of the ice on them, of course. So the first time I ran up to that vertical wall and tried to jump up there and grab the top, I couldn't because of the ice. So then I saw someone else do it. And I guess I just ran and grabbed that step and kind of threw myself up there and over the wall. The sandbags were completely iced over. And so that was an obstacle that was different so we actually we actually had to chip the ice off the bags and to carry the sandbag you know to to the cones i like your dedication. Yeah, i can i can verify that you were the first person to actually do the sandbag carry because uh before i sat there you and i and we could only get one loose yeah that was it kicking them kicking them and we finally broke through the two inch thick ice and, and got one bag out and you ran it up the hill and ran it back down. And then the, the next couple behind us looked at him and just kept running. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I don't know how many people actually did that one. It was real, real, you know, you looked at it and you're just like, am I really supposed to do that right now? I can barely walk on this ice. Right. Be an extra 45 pound sandbag. <laughs> uh, you out there suffering from a back injury, you're like, you know what? I'm here to have fun. That's right. So we're there for, right? Exactly. Um, what was the next obstacle? I know we went up the hill and we came down the other side. What was there? Well, there was those hurdles. No, that was, then it was the the spider crawl through the through the webbing. There was also the ninja blocks that we couldn't do because of the half thickness of ice on them. Yeah, I'll put a picture of the ninja blocks right here also because I was showing people at work today. And showed them the, the path of ninja blocks before we started trying to chip away to make them useful. Yeah. And it was completely not not a functional um, obstacle to even try. But, hey, we tried. We, we tried to, to, to get it. Yeah, we broke off a couple boxes worth of ice. I, I still don't think it would have been safe to try that. <laughs> and then I think we went on to the, the seesaw, right? You did the seesaw? Yeah, I face planted the seesaw. <laughs> Yeah, that definitely. Yeah, that was that was interesting. Uh, Terrapin actually used that video showing uh, showing you guys coming down. You and the other gal that came through at the same time at the seesaw with us. Yeah, and, and right when it switched and you guys come sliding face first down it. <laughs> that was a, a real interesting, uh, real interesting little little seesaw in the middle of nowhere that didn't look all that intimidating till you you realized it was all ice. Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, I fell the last little bit and kind of just rolled head first off the seesaw. So that was fun. And then we had the pullover that we couldn't do because it was just completely covered with ice. That was uh, um, that was going to be kind of like a hanging, kind of like a monkey bars, but uh, two inches of ice on there wouldn't allow anyone to get a grip on it. I'm looking at the course uh, on my phone. That's why you see me looking down, not trying to be weird or rude. <laughs> I was just trying to figure out what those obstacles were and what they called them. I don't know what that one was. It must have been maybe the one they called syphilis. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, no, syphilis was actually the yoga balls. I don't know. They had you know, they had weird names. You got syphilis, the shoe grabber. You got carry heavy, sh- uh, the tightrope walk, the beer chug, which you know we wouldn't partake. But, but I guess there's supposed to be a beer chug on course. About mile two. Keep that in mind in uh, March. (laughs) Uh, The teeter-totter, the creek crossing where we had to walk across that four-inch wide board, which luckily somebody broke in the ice off before us, but that would have been really interesting 
walking across the creek. You're welcome. That was me. That was you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought that was going to be really interesting with you rucking that pack and the flag and everything and walking across that uh, that board. Well, luckily, again, I had those those ice spikes, so I was hoping I wasn't going to go anywhere. But uh, but there were some spots where when I was doing the hurdles and I got up there, you know, the spikes didn't quite make contact where I needed them to, so it was slippery. So we all we finished, and um, it was an amazing thing to get across that finish line. You know, we'd already picked up our our medals and our our shirts because we had to to get all that stuff beforehand because of COVID. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, cross the finish line and, and get your medal put on you or anything fun. It was cross the finish line, run to your car, get your medal, come back, get some pictures, you know, stuff like that. But we got across the finish line and, of course, Melissa's waiting for us. <laughs> I waited for quite a while. You know, it was maybe a half hour. I don't know. Whatever. But she's waiting for us. And, and, and we get there and we get to put these on. And for you guys being over a year without a real race. I mean, there's tons of virtuals. I've, I've had a ton of fun doing virtuals, the Spartan, the battle miles, the random uh, rock and roll marathon based ones. We actually did a virtual version of the Seattle marathon. You know, we did a lot of fun virtuals, but man, to get out there and to actually run a course and get a medal put on, even if it was by ourselves, It was amazing. It was everything. Yeah. So after the race, we got to get some pictures taken. Lots of pictures. I, I shared the drive with you guys. I think there's 380 photos in there. And those will finally start coming up when this when this airs. Um, I've been holding those back, letting Terrapin use some of the photos. And then I was going to start releasing them once this episode airs because I wanted to match up the episode with the event because that was just such an amazing... It was 25 degrees out and I was sweating. I was... Take off. I was wearing my my all train uh, mitts, the ones that look like you know mittens, and I could just pull my hands out for obstacles. And and I was sweating. I had to take them off because it was just too hot to wear them. It was twenty five degrees out. <laughs> I felt like a million dollars when we got done. Um, I don't know about you guys. I'm, I'm guessing you probably felt about the same. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That was not. I'm still kind of just. I'm ready to go again right now. I mean, let's just. Me <laughs> we got back. I'm like, all right, what's my next race? <laughs> let's go. <laughs> yeah, this this time of year is just so slow on the West in general, usually. I mean, you know, next month you're going to have the, the Dirty Leprechaun that you're going to go to, and then you're doing the Spartan Super and Sprint down in, uh, down in Arizona, but they call it Las Vegas. A lot of people refer to it as the Vegasona race. Where are you going in April? Have you got that? I know you got your yeah. add a paper next to you there. You're like, yep, I got. I seven. sure do. I have, um, oh, er, oh, I have a triathlon and then I have um, Horseshoe Bend in Montana. Horseshoe Bend, that looks like an amazing course. Um, yeah. I've seen videos of it, pictures of it. And that's one of the ones that you now this year I'm probably not going to make it, of course, but maybe here in the next couple of years that they continue to have the event there. And they also have the world's, uh, what do they call it? The world's highest series that I think uh, that used to be the Horseshoe Bend was part of the scenic OCR series. Mm-hmm. Uh, they branched off or shut down the other events just because it was so hard to, to do, I'm guessing. But I want to get down there for that one. And then, yeah, of course, Montana. Um, I'm signed up for all four races that weekend. Doing the the night trail run, Ooh. doing the beast on Saturday, and then on Sunday the super and sprint. Now Montana and I have a little history. I went uh, 2019 to Montana. That was my first beast. I've only been doing Spartans now for three years, four years if you include this year. Before that, I did a bunch of warrior dashes and rugged maniac and and smaller races and virtual races and stuff like that. But Spartans. You know, talking about oh it's it's the real deal it's not it's not a play around like the warrior dash you know you don't just go there to drink beer you're going to get challenged and so i avoided spartan i gave every excuse that there was and then in 2018 i finally got out on a spartan course and then in 2019 i finally got my first trifecta and it was it was great because i got to do a, a mountain series a national series and a couple of sprints and montana i was not ready for it Montana, the, the elevation is higher. So it's not that you get elevation sickness, but you get winded a little easier. Uh, 
Steve Hammond, when he designed that one, he used every ounce of hill he could find out there. There's a spot where you run up a hill that's a hill like this, where you're grabbing onto stuff and pulling yourself up for a quarter mile, just so you can go under a fence, turn around, and come back down the same hill on the other side of the fence. Crazy stuff that he put into that race. I showed 4,000 feet of elevation gain on that one. And and I, I was not prepared at all for that. And then I also made the mistake. I changed one of my, my medicines right before going on that one. And I didn't realize how dehydrated it was going to make me. Oh. So I'm out there with Jody, one of my race team. And she's like, nope, Don, you're going to make it. I'm, I'm here with you the whole race. And I think we were out there for almost 11 hours. Running a race and getting it done quickly, you know, I really like doing that a lot more. Because when you get out and run... You know, an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours, and get done with a race, it does not trash your body as much as an 11-hour slog. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was sucking down everything I could drink. I was eating, you know, the, the jelly beans, pineapple, anything I could to keep myself going in that race. And, you know, 11 hours to complete that race. And then all I did was train Going into 2020, I, every weekend we're out doing mileage. Every night I'm doing mileage. I'm getting ready for that race. We're There's a place called South Hill over here, which is literally just a big hill. And we would go there, meet Saturday mornings, and go up and down until we got 10K in going up and down that hill. I was getting ready for Montana. Yeah. <laughs> and then COVID hit. That just killed me because I was ready to go kick Montana's butt last And you know, COVID did put some of that weight back on me. I didn't train as hard as I probably should have. And when I got out on the race last weekend with Matt, I felt it a little bit. Like, man, you know, this is not my pace. This is slow. I need to be faster than this. So when we get to Montana, when we get to that beast, mm-hmm. I'm going to put everything I can into that. I am not going to be out there for 11 hours running up and down the steepest hills they can find in Montana. Some of those, I think, were actually billy goat trails or something. That <laughs> happened to find wow <laughs> the, the race designers are the two primary race designers that you see a lot of uh on facebook and stuff is uh steve hammond and garfield griffiths mm-hmm. they're both from england and they both came out here one's down in florida and the other one's down in california and they they do a lot of the race designs and they are just crazy sick people with what they come up with for us to do <laughs> now again the obstacles they're always the same that, that is the one dig I have on Spartan. They get some of the most beautiful venues. They give us some very challenging races. They give us the same obstacles. <laughs> and all they do the Herc hoist so many times, um, which is the one where it's a sandbag on a... Oh, yeah. yeah. You can only do that so many times. Now, Seattle, with their spring race that they didn't run this year, that bag would actually weigh two to three times as much because it would be covered in mud and just when you lower it back down they'd make you do burpees if it made a noise or splashed mud because you're out there in like a foot of mud doing it now that is challenging that was a little bit different but you know montana portland these dry events uh, seattle in the fall you know they were fairly dry events and because of that it was just a turquoise just get out there let it back down all right that was fun Um, now i've not i will not say that i have mastered all of spartan's obstacles because i still cannot figure out how to get my feet to do a j hook or an s hook so the climbing of a rope has has still been a little off of my radar but here shortly i'll be climbing a rope in my living room here until i figure it out nice <laughs> april you're doing those races then you're going to spartan in may and this is running for recovery. You're out there, you're wearing a pink shirt that says, I'm running for recovery awareness. And, and all of your posts talk about that, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason that we do it is because there's a huge stigma with recovery, you know, drug abuse and recovery and, and the whole program, no matter what program it is, whether it's an AA, NA, uh, community health, any of that stuff, there's just a real stigma with it. Uh, very similar to the, the stigma of suicide. So and mental mental health. So myself, I follow all of those very closely, and I've been taking a lot of classes on on myself to to increase my knowledge of it and to be a better, hopefully, peer counselor when somebody needs me. But uh, 
So you're getting out there. You're you're doing 72 races. Um, a couple of years ago, I guess now since COVID killed 2020, but in in 2019, uh, Dragos went out and did was it 69 races? Yeah. In one year, mm-hmm. and it was just a, a real amazing thing to happen for him because he was able to take time off. He was able to fly to multiple countries in a position where he was just able to do it. And for you. You know, you're doing this through a GoFundMe, you're doing this off your paychecks, you're doing this out of a love for the sport and a love for sharing the message. Just, you know, when you cross that finish line and if you can talk about recovery with one person, that's probably, for me, that's that's all it is, just talking to that one person. Mm-hmm. It's been real amazing because some of the overnight adventures and stuff, I'll be sitting there and Everyone will be out drinking and doing what they're doing outside. And I'm inside just hanging out in the kitchen because I'm a kitchen guy. And all of a sudden, I'll sit there and talk to a guy and find out that he's another another silver buddy like me. And that's happened quite a few times. And and on Facebook, we formed a group called the Sober Spartans. Because there's so many of us out there that obstacle course racing is is our outlet. You know, we've, we've got addictive minds. No matter what we do, we, we are going to be addicted to something. So why not be addicted to something healthy like fitness? Exactly. <clears throat> Real quick, did you want to mention your, your GoFundMe and, and how to help you out on this? Um, yeah. So on my Facebook page, um, I can go ahead. I can share it again. Um, or if, I mean, if you wouldn't mind posting it. I don't know what I don't know what the link is or anything, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of letters and numbers. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so how about I'll put it like right here across the top of the screen or something. Yeah, that'd be great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, any, any kind of donations would be absolutely amazing. Um, I am, you know, a personal trainer and don't have the means at all, but this means more to me than anything that I've ever done. So we're just really just trying to do what we can to make it happen and, like I said, any help from anybody would be greatly appreciated. Running these races is very expensive and traveling to and from them is very expensive. Any race directors out there that want to reach out to Melissa and maybe invite her on their course, um, you can do that on Facebook and Instagram, or you can reach out to BeastNet and I'll put you guys in touch. For this next one, uh, Terrapin is sponsored. Melissa to come back and she's going to come out and run their race, the Dirty Leprechaun. And course she's going to promote it on her page and hopefully get more people out for them but at the same time you know this is this is another opportunity for her to get out there and and spread her message about her recovery and about everyone's ability to recover if they if they need like what you hear make sure and subscribe and review us on your favorite podcast platform be sure to find us on facebook instagram and twitter if you're using youtube please click the little red subscribe icon Then click the little bell for notifications of future episodes. And if you could, give us a thumbs up. What else has 2021 got in store for you guys? As a couple, you're traveling around, you're doing stuff. Anything fun on the books? No. Um, (laughs) There's so so many races, there's not really any time for anything else. We're not vacationing, we're just going from race to race. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How many of them are you running, Matt? Oh, I don't know. I'm signed up for quite a few. I have 10 or 12 right now. Okay. So you're not going to go and run four in a weekend or anything crazy. I'm not going to do anything too crazy. So even the weekends that she's running three races or four races, I'm probably only running the one beast or the, you know, one ultra beast or whatever it is, you know, no ultra beast, no ultra beast. Well, he's hurt. (laughs) Is he going to Dallas? Dallas for, the October Dallas Spartan. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, because BeastNet, we've got a team doing the Ultra Beast. Oh, Beast. I should probably be going to that thing. <laughs> it's 50 well, kilometers. Into it, so. <laughs> 50 kilometers, 31 miles, 60 obstacles. A lot of the obstacles, you know, at Spartan, you have a, a sandbag carry. We have to carry a 65-pound sandbag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the ultra course, they do double sandbag carries and stuff like that. So you're carrying 130 pounds instead of 65 and stuff like that. And they have time hacks. So you have the group we're working with. We've got a handful of uh, meetup events, a couple of marathons, a couple half marathons. 
then we're doing a, a Battle Miles Death Race, which if you guys want to look that up, the Battle Miles Death Race will definitely kick your butt if you're up for it. It's uh, it's another 50 kilometer event, but uh, this run 50 kilometers, Matt. <laughs> I can run 50 kilometers. <laughs> I, I did it last year three times. Uh, one of them I did 50 miles, not just 50 kilometers. And I can tell you that every time I did it, I asked myself, why did I do it? And then I ended up signed up to do it again. Right. <laughs> Speaking of 50 kilometers, I just want to put a quick shout out. I don't know if you guys are in Sober Spartans and saw, but Jessica Calhoun, one of our administrators. I did she, see that. She went out and ran a 50K this weekend for the first time. And she had never run a marathon. That's amazing. She did a virtual one a couple of weekends ago as her last big long run. And then this was her big event this weekend. And, and she did her first 50K. And congrats. That's just amazing. Yeah. Now we got to get Matt out to do his first 50K. Yes. There we go. <laughs> uh, this year for myself, I'm also throwing in trying to, trying to work out how to do the Spartan Trail Fecta, which is the Spartan Trail Series, which was a new series that came out in 2018 where it's a straight trail run. It's no obstacle. Well, I can't say it's no obstacles because even when they say no obstacles, you still had the A-frame and a couple other things at Seattle. Um, still had to do, but it's it's a straight run and it's a straight trail run. And for the trail factor, you have to do a 10K, a half marathon and a 50K. Wow. Signed up for three or four of the 10Ks. And it looks like at their big... Championships down at the Golden Gate Bridge. I might have the opportunity to do the uh, half marathon and 50K that week. That's amazing. It's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like fun. Yep. That, that, that's the thing is, is, is every time I get out there and do this, you know, it's like Spartan, all these other events, I get done and it's like, man, that was really stupid. I'm hurt. I'm drained. Where can I sign up another one? That's the importance of the Spartan exit tent. They got a tent there where they're selling you discount codes to the next race on your way out the door. Yeah. <laughs> so that when you're beat and you're worn down, you're ready for that next medal. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Yeah.